Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark time will never fail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners? And welcome to episode number 57 of the Who Would Win cast. It's the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. What's kicking, little chicken? This is Chris. What's kicking, little chicken? Not much. How are you? I'm good. That was a nice little uh, change of pace for the greeting. Oh, thanks. Let me, uh, you know what I did there? I um, I typed into the Google um, greetings. And it gave. I actually typed list of greetings, and that okay. was in a list of forty-five funny greetings. The other where, where, forty-four. Where would you rank that on the list? Like, not very good. Here, I mean, it must be the best ones that you chose. It, it was definitely one of the best. Some of them are very bad. One of the best ones. Any other good ones that you passed up in order to do that one? Like literally none. None. <laughs> well, we had the, the cream of the crop right there. The cream of the crop. One of them. Let me just give you an example of what type of list we're dealing with. One of them is okay. Sup, home slice. Yeah, yeah, that one's not that great. One of them is yo. One of them is doctor. That. That's only appropriate doctor for what? greeting a doctor. I yeah, think it's from a odd. movie, but still. Yeah, I don't know that reference. Anyway. Anyway, well, you picked a good intro and a, a, a nice greeting, if you will. Thank you. What's new? What's going on? Uh, let me think. Well, uh, you and I saw the movie It. We did see It uh, last week. A couple days ago. I really liked it. I liked it. I thought it was it. pretty good. I don't I don't think it's like the greatest horror movie I've ever seen. I would agree with that. Um, it but really I, wasn't that scary. I would agree with that as well. Not that scary. Honestly, the, the most means- disturbing character for me was the, the, the kid, Henry. Not the clown. Uh the one bully? Yeah, the bully kid. Yeah, he, he was screwed up. He's like I was more afraid of when he was people? on screen. I was like, what is he going to do? What's going to happen? When the clown's on screen, I'm just like, oh, he's yeah. going to do something creepy and like try to kidnap a kid, whatever. But the other kid, Henry, I'm like, oh my gosh, right, exactly. Henry, what are you doing? Yeah, he did some things to the kids that the clown didn't. And I, that just I, made yeah. it so terrifying. Yeah, he was way worse than the clown. <laughs> Except for all the kids the clown I mean, killed. This is true. The clown, I mean, the clown did bite off Georgie's yes. arm. Yes, he did. And, you know, drag his body into a sewer. Yes. Where, um, you know, the, the Henry didn't do that. He would just take his knife and just carve people. And then he killed his dad. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. But yeah, um, really it's Steve. a book and they already had an original movie and everything. But yeah, then he just killed his dad. And geez, hmm. I know he was he was a screwed up guy. Like he was messed up. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, thought it was good. Nice little uh, way to start off the the Halloween season coming up soon. Agreed, and I did really like the ending actually. So I was happy with the ending. And um, I, I I knew that they were going to do a sequel, but I really wasn't sure what the plot of it was. Do you know what like the part two is all about? Well, I know for the I believe book and original part two was when they were adults, twenty seven yeah. years later, and they come back yeah. to the town. Yeah, I had no idea about that because I was just reading about it online after we saw it. And yeah, I, I read, and I it also. read that. And I thought, that's actually kind of cool for a sequel. Yeah, I agree. That sounds it good makes, to me. It makes sense. 27 years later, just like they were talking about like a cicada, he hibernates and then comes back out. So all of them uh, trying to go up against him. I'm curious who they're going to have play the kids as their adult selves. Well, they might just wait 27 years and have the same actors do it. Then you can't have the same guy play Pennywise. I guess you could. He'll still be around. <laughs> no, it's already like started filming, didn't it? Yeah, I, pro- I think it's coming out in like two years. Yeah. They probably can't be... wait for the actors to age 27 years. No, they can't. Well, I mean, technology nowadays, if you can de-age Michael Douglas and de-age you know, Jeff Bridges, you could re-age it. They never make anyone look older. Uh... I feel like they're always trying to make people look younger. What about Benjamin Button? All right, there you go. You got me there. I'm sure there's a ton of people they make look older. 
They age people and, all uh, the time. Now that, now that I think of it, in Captain America Civil War, they make um, Peggy Carter look old. There you go. There you go. So there, there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch. Um, Something new I recently just watched, Uh, just literally 10 minutes before we started recording this, Allie and I watched uh, the stand-up special Jerry Before Seinfeld on Netflix. What did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really funny. It was really good. Um, it, it was a stand-up, but it was also kind of like an origin story as to how he got his start in comedy, which was kind of cool. And when it was over, Allie said something interesting. She said he didn't talk about Seinfeld at all. And I said, you know, I kind of noticed that too, but I kind of glad he didn't because it kind of just shows how he got his start before Seinfeld took off. Cause I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. That's my favorite show of all time. And uh, it, it was just cool just to kind of see him just do his thing, how he got into comedy and, he was talking about all of his old jokes and it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I know you're a big uh, Netflix comedy special guy. So if, if you're looking for something new, definitely check it out. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Can I tell you a complaint I heard of it and let, and tell me what you yeah. think. So someone was yeah. saying that they didn't like, they felt like a, like all or most of the jokes were from Seinfeld. Like if you had seen all, if you'd so, seen Seinfeld, you've already you heard everything. There were, Three jokes that he made that I remember from Seinfeld. Um, other than that, most of the jokes I've never heard before. All right. Uh, he was talking about like um, at one point, if somebody asks you about your relationship, where you put your hands during your response indicates like the stress level of your relationship. So if someone asks you, you know, how's your relationship going, you scratched on your chin, it's not going that great. And then if you're like scratching your head, it means it's really, really bad. That I remember from a Seinfeld episode. And then he did one about like movies and you're in the parking lot after the movie. And, you know, you have the friend that's like, oh, that's the guy from the beginning. Like, I remember that from Seinfeld, too. So I do I do uh, agree that there were some reused jokes from Seinfeld. But other than those few ones that I I picked out, I thought, I mean, I haven't seen all of his stand up specials because he's done a whole bunch before. So he may have very well reused material, but I really didn't those few all right well thanks for the review there you go i give it a four out of five stars okay thank you steve did you and then i I would assume that would be a thumbs up according to netflix's rating right i give it a thumbs up and he was actually he actually did a funny thing with talking about like fingers he said you know since when is the middle finger like such a bad thing like why that finger and he says you know you have a middle finger which means a bad thing, and then you have a thumbs up, which is a good thing. And he goes, so whenever someone gives me the middle finger, I always just think to myself, I'm one finger away from a thumbs up, so life is good. <laughs> so I would give it a thumbs up. All right. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add. We can get into uh, our uh, voting from our previous episode. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. All right. Let's talk votes. So, uh, so last week... In honor of uh, National Comic Book Day, yep, uh, we did a little Marvel fight, picking out two tier three Marvel characters. You could say that, yeah, yeah. And uh, you picked Swarm, mm-hmm. the very scary bee Nazi, the very scary bee Nazi, and I picked uh, Zemnu, which I continued to misspell. I was going to say, my... how do you spell that again? Yeah, it's uh, X E M N U. What I realized I did is. When I first posted it in Podbean, what I usually do is I'll copy that description and kind of post it into all of our social media posts throughout the week. And since I spelled it wrong there or it autocorrected, I'm not sure. It just applied that to everything. And I had no idea. We can blame autocorrect for that. It was really funny on Monday morning when you texted me and you're like, you spelled Zemnu wrong. Really professional. I know. That's what I get for working with amateurs. Yeah. And then, when, was it Wednesday or Thursday you texted me? You're like, Steve, you misspelled it again. Yeah. <laughs> no. It gave me a nice chuckle. So, yeah. So, Zemnu. Yeah, X-E-M-N-U. The, uh, the, uh, kind of like a Bigfoot kind of creature. Yeah. I just wanted All you light. to know. I, don't, I wouldn't want you to embarrass yourself at like a comic book convention or something. Yeah, that'd be really embarrassing if I kept spelling the name wrong and... I guess we were pronouncing it right because no one corrected us, but no one corrected our spelling either. So who really knows? Well, maybe no one's really sure how to say it, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. 
we'll have to wait and see if it's ever in a movie or TV show or something. Oh, it, yeah, it will be for sure. But uh, so for the, hopefully, fingers crossed. So for that episode, uh, Chris, you you got the lead right now, seventy five percent to twenty five percent. All Swarm's right, taking on the win. Sounds good. As the the airing of this episode, so that'll continue if, my uh, um, anyone has my fifty seven episode unbeaten streak. Is it fifty seven? I thought it was a uh, fifty eight. <laughs> oh, it, I'm not sure. I lost count. <laughs> I, th- I think you're ahead. Uh, I'm currently on like a on a win streak. I have a I have a Google Doc. I should just share it with people in case our fans wanted to see it and see the different poll results. Yeah, I'm sure they really oh. want to know. I bet they do. Really I bet like, they just want. I bet they just want to see all the statistics. They're like, I need, yeah, all the stats that go with this show, the win loss percentage, how many votes each episode has gotten. Yep, guest host um, appearance number. That's of true. Appearances. The guest host being on them. That's true. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's what we We'll get you guys. Let us know if you prefer all, like a CSV, Excel, uh, bar graph, what kind of chart you want. Maybe like a picture, a Venn diagram, whatever. Let us know. Scatter plot. Oh, good one. Ooh, box and whisker plots. I don't know what that is. Box and whisker plots? Yeah, should I know what that is? I don't know. I just assumed. Did you take statistics? Um, I did. Yeah, we learned that in statistics. I did not. Box and whisker plots is pretty much to show like the spread of like mean, median, and uh, mode, mode and range. Okay. To show like where most of the uh, the clusters. Uh, form in the data. All right, I think I know. I mean, what you're it has a really about. stupid name because when you hear it, it kind of sounds like something you learn in kindergarten when you're learning to draw animals. Boskin, like, all right, box kids, today we're gonna, yeah, today we're gonna learn box and whisker plots. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the whiskers. All right. Well, but anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get all we'll get all that. Information. Yeah. So we've been so anyway, asked a lot for it. We know. Yeah. Oh, that's right. People are knocking on our doors every day asking for that kind of stuff. So, uh, so for that, those poll results, there they are. If you haven't voted yet, you can still go on um, of the airing of this episode initially and uh, vote. If you haven't listened to it, go ahead, check it out, share it with people, let us know what you think, and uh, hopefully everybody had a good National Comic Book Day. I don't know if anybody uh, really celebrated accordingly. I don't know if you celebrated accordingly. Um, well, I did uh, release a very popular podcast related to comic books, so at least oh, I did you did, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, ready to get started? I think I'm ready, Steve. All right, let's do it. So please remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you'd just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. And you can also subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today we have a Shark Tank battle, Steve. Yeah, Shark Tank hit show on ABC, I think it is. I don't know. I've actually never seen it. Have yeah, you? when you when you told me that before we started recording, I was kind of shocked. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not like a diehard fan where I have to sit down and watch every new episode. But if it's on, because it's usually on around like 10 o'clock at night, if it's on, there's nothing else on. I'll usually watch it just to see if there's anything cool on there or try to see the deals that the the investors are trying to make with the sharks. Right. Yeah, I, I I've seen clips of it. Usually, like when there's a person with a bad idea that they kind of like laugh at. Yeah, that's true. I meant to watch a clip but, uh, to like it, learn the gist of the show, but it's mostly like someone comes up with an invention, they pitch their idea, mm-hmm. and then they also like offer like what type of investment they're hoping for, like ten thousand dollars for ten percent ownership, something like that, right? That's and then there's kind of like, exactly a, right, a, yeah. like a question and answer section, if you will, or yeah, like they try a, to poke a, holes a, in it and yeah. see how they would respond to it. All right. Yeah, that that's exactly the gist of the show. All right, that sounds good. Um, so there's a new season. There's a new season. I think it's like season ten or or something along those lines, and it's starting yesterday of the airing of this episode. And uh, I think they have new investors this season. They're gonna have guests. I think A Rod's gonna be on it, or no, no, Derek Jeter. I think I saw him in a preview. Yeah, I think it's Derek Jeter, not A Rod. A Rod would just everyone who comes up with like PEDs, he just like totally invests in it. Ooh. Like yes. We just lost our Yankee fandom. Good. But, uh, yeah. For... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's it, it's interesting. Have you ever bought anything that was on Shark Tank, do you know? Uh, not that I know of. Maybe unwittingly. Uh, my mom is a huge fan of the Scrub Daddy. 
I don't know if you're familiar with that. The scrub daddy. Uh, no, tell me about the scrub daddy, and then uh, remind me to tell you about the tub shroom. <laughs> so this, the scrub daddy, it's a little uh, smiley face, sun-looking sponge, and when it gets cold, it gets like rock hard. And then when it gets hot, it's like very, you know, flexible when you're uh, when you're cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then it has uh, two holes where the eyes would be, and you can stick your fingers in there. And it's uh, very easy to clean out a glass by using your fingers by pushing it down into the glass. And then it also has an open mouth that's really uh, handy for cleaning, like silverware. You just kind of stick the silverware into the mouth of the scrub daddy, and you can just kind of pull it straight out, and it washes it right off. Hmm. So I know that's one of the uh, the most well-known products that was on Shark Tank. A couple the, questions uh, the scrub about Daddy. The Scrub Daddy. Sure, go ahead. Um, what is the purpose of it being hard when cold? Um, I think it just makes it easier to scrape off like tough grime. Okay, that's... so you should scrape things off when it's cold, but yeah. then like warm it up with warm water when you want to clean stuff and using its eye or mouth. Yeah. All right, second yeah. question. Why is it called the Scrub Daddy? I feel like it's a little weird. Um, I think just because since it has a face, they wanted to make it look like a per- or you know have the name of a person, so that's why it's called the mm-hmm. Daddy. They do have a spinoff called this. I don't know if it's the Scrub Mommy, but it is something along those lines. Something about it just rubs me the wrong way, and or I'm not just saying that way. to do a sponge pun. Yeah, I'm gonna say doesn't sound right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it actually works really, really well. They sell it at uh, Shoprite and most local grocery stores in your area. I'm, sh- I'm sure. <laughs> Do you are you getting a commission but, uh, for a number of scrub daddies sold? Oh, absolutely. That's the only reason I'm doing this episode. We're sponsored by Scrub Daddy right now. Well, um, the only product I own that I was trying to think of like little things I have that might have been coming from like a Shark Tank type thing, and I have something called the Tub Shroom. I saw it in Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know where it came from. It might have said as seen on TV on the box, so maybe it did come from uh Shark Tank. You put it in your shower drain and it catches What's all the, the tub hair. Shroom? It, you put it like oh, okay. in the shower drain and that's then, a weird name. Uh not as weird as the scrub daddy. But it's called shroom? the tub shroom because it looks like a mushroom and it goes in your bathtub. Okay. I don't know. It kinda sounds weird. It kinda sounds like a like a drug thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can read into it if you want, but um, at that's, least it describes what it, it does. And how does it how does it describe what it does? Well, it describes what it is. It I describes guess. where you put it, and what it looks it like. It describes where you put it, and it describes what it looks like. That's better than the scrub daddy. Where the scrub daddy, the scrub daddy tells you what it does and what it looks like. It looks like a daddy. Yeah, it looks like a daddy. A oh. smiling yellow faced daddy. With holes for eyes. In a mouth? Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm picturing... I have a certain image in my head, but maybe it looks more like a daddy than I'm giving you credit for. I'll make sure I send you an image. <laughs> okay, thanks, Steve. That way you can fully understand the power of the scrub daddy. <laughs> I can't I can't think of any other items on Shark Tank. That's the only one that really jumps out to me. The Snuggie wasn't on Shark been, Tank, was it? I, I don't think so. I think the Snuggie was before Shark yeah, Tank. I have a Snuggie also. I have a Jedi robe snuggie. It's very comfortable. I like for Christmas a couple too. years ago. Yeah, it's 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 nice. No it's complaints nice. about it, it. It's just basically a a robe that you wear on backwards. That yeah, that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um. So in honor of Shark Tank, we're gonna pitch some fictional inventions to see you know which ones our fans would you know invest in or think would be worthy actually having uh, in the real world. Yes, and it's going to be interesting because we both have chosen two very good inventions. Yes, we did. You want to pitch yours and uh, I'll go after it? I sure do, Steve. Go right ahead. So my invention, I don't want to oversell it, but I believe it could save the world pretty much. Oh, wow. All right. You're thinking pretty highly of yourself here. Well, it's a great invention and I want to let people know about it. So my invention is called Flubber. All right, all right. It was invented by... Professor Philip Brainerd in 1997 in Disney's Flubber. It's no, it's named Flubber because it looks like rubber, but it can make things fly, flying rubber. Mm-hmm. So they called it Flubber. Very original. Very. I creative. mean, it's a cool sounding name. Like that's that's a that's a product name you can get behind. 
you can do marketing on Flubber. That's true. You don't have like a creepy like Sponge Daddy type vibe to it where you're like, mm, I don't know. It's Scrub Daddy. What did I say? Sponge Daddy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's like the knockoff version that you get on like Chinese Amazon. Sponge Daddy sounds worse than Scrub Sponge Daddy. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, did you know Will Wheaton was in Flubber? It's funny, oh. I'm on, I'm right now I'm reading the cast listing, and I saw that, and I was like, what? You said you never saw Flubber, though, didn't you? I've never, see, I've never seen Flubber. Oh, let me give you a I quick... Knew, I knew that it was a Robin Williams movie with this, like... Yeah, give me some background. Yeah, I'll give you a quick summary, because it's a great movie, honestly. It's worth seeing. Um, it's 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I see the reviews aren't great, but, like, for some reason, the critics just don't... They just missed the mark on this one. And the movie Hook. That's another great Robin Williams movie that didn't like critically review well. That's just amazing. I'll fight anyone who doesn't like the movie. Yeah, Hook. I've heard a uh, reception for that is starting to come back a little bit. Yeah, because it's amazing. Uh, Hook's like one of my top three favorite. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I'm getting off topic. Anyway, Flubber. <laughs> Robin Williams is Professor Philip Brainerd. He's a scientist working for like a university or something like that. And his fiance is the president of the school. And he was supposed to get married to her. He actually missed two of his weddings because he just he just missed the wedding. So um, his third wedding is coming up. And this one's going to be like, this is like the one. He has to be there. But he's doing really well. He's getting really close to a breakthrough in one of his inventions. And that invention is Flubber. It's like this green goo. He's working on an energy source. He makes this green goo right. that potentially can have unlimited energy and is also somehow sentient and like alive. That I'm going to get into that a bit unexplained, I would say, by the movie. But anywho, uh, you know, hijinks ensue. Uh, he does miss his third wedding, so his wife says, "Like that's your last chance." She starts like dating this other guy. I think Will Wheaton. Actually, I'm not positive if it's Will Wheaton because I don't remember him looking like that in the movie. But anywho, he's he's she's he'd be really young. Yeah, I know, right? It didn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was some other guy. Anyway, she's like, he, she's dating some other guy who turns out to be a bad guy. Will Wheaton's a bad guy. They want to steal Flubber, and um, they had, there's a big fight at the end. It's pretty good, and uh, you know, spoiler alert, happy ending. Things work out. Oh, except there's this really sad scene okay. where one of his ro- his robot dies. Yeah, I was seeing he has a robot voiced by uh, Jody Benson. His robot's name is Weebo. Weebo is so cool. And Weebo dies. It's very sad. Aw. Play was... Weebo. Did Jody Benson also voice Ari- the Little Mermaid? Do you know? She was, She was. Um. yep, she was Ariel. And she was also uh, Barbie in Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. Oh, thanks for that little fact. There you That's go. a little bonus fact. You don't even have to wait for the end of those facts. Most people right. probably only She's just say in the Disney family. Is this, people... a, is this the Disney movie? Yeah, it's Disney. Well, I yeah, think... Flubber, yeah, Flubber's a Disney movie. Um, Danny Elfman did the music. Okay. The director was like he's done other things, but I didn't personally remember his name. Lace uh, Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah, that was the other one he did that was popular. In uh, ninety four, his last movie was in 07 called uh, Codename the Cleaner. Uh, interesting. Starring Lucy Liu, Cedric the Entertainer, Nicolette Sheridan. Steve, Steve, hmm. this is too many bonus facts for mid-episode. We have to let yeah, people... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm we get, have to I'm give a, people a reason to listen to the whole thing. I'm getting ahead of myself. To get the bonus facts at the end. Yeah. Okay. But great bonus facts, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, that's the gist of it. Flubber was made as an unlimited energy source. Some of the things Flubber does in his movie. He coats a golf ball... Or, wait... A bowling ball and some other type of ball. I forget which type. But anyway, it starts bouncing, and it just bounces forever. And I don't really know for sure it bounces forever, but it bounces the entirety of the movie. Because they use it for a couple jokes. There's, like, some guys who break into his house, and the bowling ball hits him on the head. And then at the, like, end of the scene, the bowling ball bounces again. So it's just Ah. bouncing, like forever going back to those old jokes good callbacks good callbacks mm-hmm. yeah it's a good callback it also um that makes... only a true fan who watched the entire movie would get <laughs> <laughs> were we talking about that recently no never mind that was nothing else um 
You lost my made me lose my lose Sorry, my train. Flubber. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Flubber also makes a car fly. It's somehow powered by Flubber, and the car wow. can fly. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Flying car. So here's what you get if you invest in Flubber, you get infinitely bouncing bowling balls. You get flying cars. You get sentient green blobs. You get classic family-friendly Robin Williams comedy. You can get all of these things for the low, low investment of $1 billion for 1% of my company. That sounds believable. Because Flubber is amazing. I don't even need your money. It's so easy to make. I made it in my garage. Now, is Robin Williams' character, uh, Philip Brainerd, is he the one pitching this to the Sharks? Mm, would we say? Sure, yeah. I mean, I would buy like literally anything from Robin Williams. I think that's fair to say. He's so charismatic, that guy. He really is. Well, really is it Robin Williams that's charismatic or Philip Brainerd who's charismatic? Oh, well, by the transitive property, Robin Williams is charismatic, and so is Philip Brainerd. Our good, uh, our good friend Sal from Alaska is probably uh, shaking his head right now with our loose definition of the transitive property. I don't property. know. I think that was close. Yeah, I think it was pretty close. Robin Williams is charismatic. Robin Williams is Philip Brainerd. Therefore, <laughs> Philip Brainerd Philip is Brainerd charismatic. Is charismatic. All right. I see what you're saying there. QED. The, the, the lines connect. The lines connect. With a straight line. Yes, they do. All right. So I think it's fair. I see what you're going out here. Yep. And I don't All even... right. Let me pitch mine and then we'll. Uh... They're going to be breaking down my we'll door to invest. Literally, people broke down his door to steal Flubber in the movie. So, that analogy okay. holds up. I, I believe you. I, I believe you. I believe you, even though I've never seen it. <laughs> All right. Let's, so, let's hear about yours. Sure. So, I'm going with Wonka Vision from the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the one from 1971. I'm not really doing the Tim Burton one here. But uh, in the film, everybody knows the story of Willy Wonka. He invites uh, five ch- children to go to his candy factory, chocolate factory, uh, if they find a golden ticket in one of his candy bars. So the whole world is trying to find it. And he gets a whole wide range of different personalities. You got the the fat German kid. You got the uh, the spoiled brat. You have the kid who's obsessed with watching TV and for some reason loves cowboys. Uh, You have... Because he watches a lot of westerns uh, on TV. This is true. But that's only in the 71 one, not the uh, the 2000... Four one or two thousand five, whenever that one came out, and then uh, you have Charlie Bucket, who's like the poor kid who really you know is super lucky just to be able to buy a candy bar, and then you have the girl who's obsessed with gum. So you got a really weird uh, group of kids here. <laughs> that was a great description of all those characters. Yeah, there you go. And um, so they all go into the chocolate factory, and they it's kind of like a weird test that Willy Wonka sets up. He's trying to figure out who could uh, take over the mantle, run his chocolate factory, and he has various traps designed to screw over uh, a lot of the kids, kind of play to their weaknesses. Yeah, I wonder. That's uh, interesting that you use the word traps. And, uh, I wonder. I often yeah, wonder I, how I much he planned those things. I think he planned it. But they he's do trying seem to, see... to apply very well to their their, so to their, their weaknesses. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, in, um, when you have Charlie and Mike TV left, they go into a room where Willy Wonka talks about his new invention, which is called Wonka Vision. And what he's able to do is he's able to take a candy bar and he's able to zap it, turn it into a million, billion tiny little pieces, have mm-hmm. them floating in the air over top of them. I believe it was a million. Arrive. Yeah, it was, it was tons of little pieces. And have them arrive in, uh, in a television set where somebody can reach into the television and take out the candy bar and unwrap it, eat it, and it tastes um, exactly like a candy bar does. It's just That's exactly what it is. I believe Charlie said it tasted and, perfect. Uh, yeah, perfect. So there you go. It tasted just like a regular normal candy bar. You have to start it off big in order to get it to that small size on the television screen. Granted, this is uh, you know 1971, so the televisions were really small then. So with today's TVs, with the curves and the you know 4K, we might be able to not require uh, an as large 
uh, piece of food in this instance. Yeah, and if you, if you beam that thing but, to like a football stadium TV, it might even get bigger. There you go. It might even get bigger, exactly. So what I would pitch to the Sharks is say, hey, Sharks, uh, you want to solve uh, world hunger? You hungry? Who isn't? And the Sharks are going to start to get hungry. He's going to say, what if you were sitting there watching a commercial? Whoever has not watched a commercial before? They're all going to say, I've definitely seen a commercial before. So right there, you're hooking them in right there. You ever watch a commercial for food or drink and you start getting hungry? They're all going to say, yeah, because that's the whole point of a commercial. Well, your problems are solved. With WonkaVision, you're going to be able to reach into your television and grab that food and or drink that you are currently desiring and grab it and be able to eat it right there in the comfort of your own home. You don't have to go out. You don't have to um, you know, share it with anybody because it's yours. You're right there. You're not going to share it with anybody. And uh, enjoy it. Tell your friends about how great WonkaVision is. And uh, feed the world and increase uh, obesity while you're at it. I mean, you could do salads, but no one's really going to reach into their television and grab a salad. All right. That's all right. I have a couple a couple questions for you, a couple, a sure. couple issues to raise. So you, you claim this is going to fix okay, world hunger. Is that right? It can help. It can, it can help world hunger. Did I say fix? I, I think you might have. I'm not sure the exact word you used. Okay. So... Then you described a scenario where you just gave food to a person on watching TV. Like, isn't it true that you would right. need a television to receive this food? Okay, so this is true. Yes, you would have to have a television in order to receive this food. Uh, you have to think, though, that the people who are going to be spending money are the people that own television. People who don't own televisions probably don't have the money to spend on the food. Exactly. So you can't really help out poor people who need food. You're really just feeding um, already, you know, wealthy people with TVs. Okay. So, so this is something I'm going I'm to bring up here. I'm not. I'm going to. I'm going to say that you know. I'm going to apply this idea to a contemporary time period. I'm going to say that this could also be applied to cell phones, and that you'd be able to watch an ad and be able to get a candy bar out of your cell phone. All right. Uh, this... and, the, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because, I mean, you think of like a lot of people. I, I see people a lot um, around the area that I work. And, you know, the, a lot of the people don't have money or, you know, can't pay for certain things, but they all have really nice cell phones. So people that have those cell phones, they're going to have access to this Wonka vision here and they'll be able to get the food right out of their screen. All right, I really you're really just raising more issues. I have so many <laughs> problems with this. So, so related to the TV and the cell phone, do you need a special device to receive this WonkaVision product? Because I can't just reach into my so TV it's or never, phone. There's it's never glass established in the, in the way. It's never established in the movie. In the movie, they just reach in and just take it. True. But it could have been a special WonkaVision receiving device. So that's something that's going to have to go with the shark. So we're, I'm going to need to have some kind of a shark investor who has experience in the tech world. And we're going to have to make a deal with Android and iPhone makers that has this WonkaVision in everybody's cell phone. All right. That's fine. So, and, um, tele and, and, and television. So we'll – so so this really brings me to my other major concern, and it's more of a logistical one that I feel like this would be relevant to the sharks. So what we see in Willy Wonka and the Child Factory is one giant candy bar beamed over and becomes a small candy bar in a TV. Yes. Correct? And if we're saying it's going to be in a cell phone, it's going to be even smaller. Would you agree with that? Yes. So is the is the transmission of these items... And, you know, we're not even limited to food here. I mean, we could transmit anything, right? Yeah. But are we limited to, like, like one-to-one? -one? Like, if, I, if I'm if i on my Wonka phone and I want uh, a candy bar, I go on uh, whatever. I order a candy bar, say, and it beams one to my phone. So there had to be a candy bar somewhere else, that a giant candy bar, that was shrunken and beamed to my phone, right? Yes. So how are you going to handle, like... Hundreds of thousands of simultaneous users of this service. So it's. I'm going to say it's not really like a service. It's not kind of like an order and you just get it 
right at your phone at your fingertips kind of thing. What it would be is it would be more like kind of like what it's like in the movie. It's a th- this is more targeted to uh, like companies for advertising rather than a service for individuals because they're not going to be able to choose what food they want and when they want it. It's more going to be like a commercial for Pepsi and, you know, they're doing the commercial and then at the end of the commercial, it'll be like, and feel free to taste the Pepsi right now. And then you could reach in and take out a Pepsi. So this so is more if, designed if, towards if say, the companies themselves. Say a million people watched that commercial. Did yeah. some giant machine have to send one million giant Pepsis? Now, this is the thing that if you think of television and they, you know, they say this in Willy Wonka, they have a picture and they turn into a million pieces and then it ends up in your home. So are they just taking one? Are they doing, you know, seven million different pieces of one thing and sending it to everybody or is it just one that they send to everybody it's on i mean it seemed to me to be one-to-one from the scene in the show in the movie well that's that's the initial that's the initial uh prototype here i mean because if it is literally being broken up into pieces and reassembled then that seems like you need to start with there's no point where it says oh and then we copy this and send it to other things so this is the thing too we'd probably have to start off with a beta version where we start off, you know, just doing maybe one city and then going off maybe to a couple states, maybe then just focusing on one country. And then we could expand to to Europe or start off in the UK, maybe head out uh, eastern some little more, maybe eventually get to Australia once we, we work out the kinks there. All right. So uh, what kind of investment are you asking for? Uh, uh, I'm looking for um, I, I think this is pretty reasonable. Uh, Thirty billion dollars. <laughs> for a quarter percent of uh, Wonka Vision, a quarter percent, a quarter percent of Wonka Vision. So you're we're, we're going to need a. You're very confident in your product. I'm very confident in my product because, like I said, if you look at the amount of money that companies spend on advertising every single year, it's it's through the roof. I mean, companies spend you know, millions and millions of dollars trying to get their brand out there. And if they have the ability to get their brand out there where people can literally just try it and then uh, get accustomed to it, they're, the the consumers then will spend more money on their product. So I'm going to need somebody, one of the sharks who has experience in advertising, <laughs> who has uh, experience with tech, uh, who has experience with television. I know uh, the one girl, I forget her name off the top of my head, but she has experience with QVC. I mean, imagine if you were watching QVC and you just wanted to try one of the things. I mean, and we could start with food. And like you said, it could be anything. So you could eventually go to some of the the, the pots and crap they sell on QVC and you could reach in there and like try one of them. And it's kind of like a free sample. Uh, only a tiny version of it though. Only a tiny version of it. Unless so you, you have a big just, TV. Unless you have a big TV. Then so you're you probably get- like... You're probably starting off with like soups, you know, small cups and containers, and you can work your way up to big uh, casserole dishes. I think it says a lot for our society that you basically have a teleportation device and you're just using it for advertising. You're not yeah, like, that's, oh, that's we can American send someone to the right moon. There. You're like, no, no, I want to sell people Coke. <laughs> or money. And send money. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're, if you're arguing that it can duplicate what it sends. Oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless. But luckily yeah, for me, you, you're yeah, not a very good I, I, salesman, so I'm I'm just going with a very uh, <laughs> capitalist mind right here. Yeah. So um, there's one more it's one a very more issue I had approach. with uh with the food thing. So um, okay. Okay. I think that current modern social media might have like already kind of poisoned the well of uh, food on TV. Because people are already okay. so sick of seeing posts on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter of people posting their food all the time. They're like, I don't want, now, I don't care what this guy ate for breakfast. I don't need to see his his bagel, whatever. That's because, it's, that's because it's made by an amateur, Chris. It's not made by an expert. <laughs> but food your, maker. your average customer isn't going to appreciate the difference. They're going to be like, oh, get get this meal directly to your phone, and they're going to be like, I've seen this before. I'm not interested. I don't know. Like being completely honest, I love watching those videos on social media that show people like making food. What are they called? Like foodie videos. Oh, oh, like the GIF versions of them. 
Yeah, where it shows them making oh, all the different food. I love the GIF versions of them. That's I'm top, just talking but, about like your cousin posting his dinner and posting it on Facebook. That's a, but that's what I'm saying, though. He's an amateur. He's not in the the, the system here making all of the food. He's just some guy who burnt a bagel, put some really nasty cream cheese on it, and uh, with hey, what's really, wrong with really cream bad cheese? Spreading I love techniques. cream cheese. No, I love cream cheese too. But I'm saying his this this imaginary cousin that we're talking about, <laughs> he he spread it on wrong. He he, How do he you didn't spread put it, it on wrong. People are people can spread cream cheese wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, and um, he just posted on 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 Facebook Saturday morning and says hashtag, you know, happy Saturday morning. And you're like, God, God, Jim, just I don't care about your stupid bagel. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, nine times nine times out of ten, when people try recreating some kind of uh, social media food, anyway, it usually comes out wrong. So we have to leave to the professionals. We can't we can't let your cousin Jim just just post pictures of uh of bagels. <laughs> So, so I mean, that's that's why I'm here on Shark Tank. Yes, it has some initial rollout problems, but in order for it to really have uh, reach its full potential, I'm going to have to work with one, maybe two sharks in order to really get this out there into the world, in order to um, really drive product uh, sales up. I'm not sure if the sharks you're pitching to even have thirty billion dollars. Yeah, they might have to take a loan from somebody else. Maybe they'll have to pitch their reason. That should be a spin-off show. It should be like ridiculous uh investment uh prices and the sharks then have to go to some other sharks to pitch why they need them to help invest in them so they can invest in these companies. Yeah, that sounds like a great show. You should like pitch somebody that. Somebody comes in like we want to buy Disney. And then, you know, they're like, all right, I'm going to have to go talk to some people as to why we should buy Disney. Oh, man, especially if that's on ABC, too. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Darn it. (laughs) All right, NBC. Yeah, that's... Universal, whatever. Did you ever uh, wonder if if it'd be possible to just, like, crowdfund, like, a hostile takeover of, like, a large corporation? Like, if we just, like, try to kickstart, like, buying Disney, if we could do it. Like as a planet, as if if humanity could get together <laughs> and be like, we'd like to own Disney. Could we do it? Uh, I'm sure we could. Um, here, I'm actually currently looking up Disney. I'm looking at its worth. It's probably too high. We should start with something lower. Uh, like QVC. QVC. I don't know. I feel like that's probably pretty high. All right, let me look up QVC. It's not like Disney high though. That's true. All right, how much do you think QVC is worth? Um. Seven hundred million dollars. They have so many channels. Jesus. I'm a very bad guesser, by the way. Um, I'm sure it's probably nowhere find... near that. Uh, wait, wait. All right, it's owned by Liberty Interactive. Uh, this is where we're gonna have some problems here. All right, it's owned by Liberty Interactive, and it is worth. Let's see. Its total assets are fourteen billion dollars. Fourteen billion. But that's the company that owns QVC, though, because they probably own other things also. Yeah. And like they own QVC, counting... HSN. So there's, there's a lot of different things. Hmm. All right. So, but you're, I mean, yes, you're right. All right, here's Disney. Uh, Yeah, we can't go after Disney. <laughs> Disney's $92 billion. Yeah, that's too much. That I, We need to get Bill Gates on that Kickstarter. Well, what we need to do is we need to find a company that's worth at least $7 billion because if every person in the world donated $1, we would be able to have your hostile takeover. Perfect. I think there's something out there. Somebody, one of our fans, find out a company that's and, worth at least $7 billion and we'll, we'll, we will start a GoFundMe Kickstarter in order to take over it. And we only have to like buy 51% of ownership to have the controlling that's stake. It. So that, that, that exactly. increases our options. I think we can do it. Let's make this happen, folks. Yeah. Who would who would win? A company or the people? <laughs> All right, so let's look at Flubber here. So he he's sentient, so he kind of works on his own. So how do you know he's not just gonna kinda go crazy and go wild, go go? He off does. And... He's a party animal. So that that's that's a problem right there. Well, that's here's like the thing. uh you here's... buying buying 
something. And I apologize and for not clarifying this earlier because you haven't seen the movie. So there's the being flubber, the little green blob guy who dances around and bounces around and I think like laughs. I don't know if he makes sounds. He also has like a tub of like essence of flubber gel that he can rub on things. And that's what he rubs on the bowling ball and like his car and stuff like that. So there's kind of like, there's like the sentient flubber and then there's just like the other flubber. Okay. But the sentient one, yes. Big troublemaker. We're going to have to do something about him. Yeah. Does he like leave behind goo? Because then you got to be cleaning that up. You might as well also invest in like a cleaning service. Well, that's what we have uh, Scrub Daddy for. <laughs> there you go. It's a joint venture. I like it. Steve, I mean, go what, ahead. Would you would you buy Flubber if it was if you given the chance? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it kind of looks weird just seeing this little like it's like this like mini like Jello guy, and he's just no, like you don't dancing. have to buy the little the, the the actual guy. You just have a tub of like green goo that you can put on stuff. Well, it, it and and the green goo will not turn into that person. You no, can no, guarantee it doesn't that. come alive. It's just it's just a green goo. You can guarantee that. Um, <laughs> uh, I need that. I mean, guarantee. I can't give if I was you. A shark, I would need that guarantee. I don't know if I can officially write that on the box it comes in, but I can say in per- in verbally, I guarantee you, it won't do that. Do you think there's going to be any loss, potential lawsuits with this? Because it sounds like a lot of people are always trying to come uh, after the, 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 the flubber here. Well, we're going to mass produce it and sell it to them, so that won't be an issue. Okay. The lawsuits will come from people improperly using it, like putting it on their shoes and bouncing too high and hurting themselves. Right. So there so, is a, I mean, there is a scene in the movie where he does. Money if I was a shark, <laughs> it's just the 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 benefits outweigh the those chances. Like there is a scene in the movie Flubber where he puts it on a basketball team's shoes to help them win, and and I don't think anyone gets injured. I don't really remember, but no one dies. So it's also uh, promoting cheating. You could use Flubber to cheat. Yes, it would have to be banned from basketball and baseball, probably all sports. Really, it could give you an advantage in any sport. Well. Too bad A Rod's not on this Shark Tank panel because he definitely won't invest in Flubber. Oh, we should definitely tweet A Rod. Like, hey, A Rod, would you put Flubber on your back? <laughs> Even though he's not on Shark Tank. <laughs> oh, yeah, Derek Jeter is. Yeah, Derek Jeter is, yeah. Uh, he'd only want it if it would help him pick up women. And he does like his gummies. So, And, and Flubber kind of looks like a gummy. So. I think that was the uh, the the drug he was taking. Whoa, whoa! You can't eat flubber. I don't even want to know what would happen if you ate flubber. Well, actually, that happens in the movie also. That's (laughs) that's another problem. People might eat flubber. Yeah. So in the movie, the bad guy does eat flubber, and it comes out of him. If you know what I mean. I know what you mean. So, I mean, also he didn't die. Okay, so he doesn't die. But I mean, it looked very uncomfortable. So. It looks like we have two uh, inventions or utilities here, one of which causes nasty diarrhea and another which provides nice nourishment for people through well, the easy access of their mobile device or their television. Set. I wouldn't be so sure that WonkaVision isn't also a health hazard. For well, example, that only comes down to food allergies or if somebody eats something with gluten in it and they have celiacs. That's their fault. Well, we also don't know the repercussions of digitally sending food. It might rearrange the cells and make it cause cancer. Well, we, It sounds wait, like it causes just, cancer to me. You're just pulling the cancer when, part out right When now. you <laughs> first said WonkaVision, my first thought was cancer. I was like, <laughs> that kid in the movie has cancer from that chocolate bar. <laughs> Also, it's 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 risky for workers doing it. What if they accidentally send part of their body? Like, they leave their hand over the sender, and they send, like, their hand through it. No, if you saw the movie, they put it on a on a uh, platform, they walk away, and then they sure, take a picture. That's when everyone's being really careful. But when, when, like, you know, uh, minimum wage worker Joe is sending his 1,000th can of Coca-Cola, <laughs> he might make a mistake. 
I mean, you could say that with any food, though. If you have a guy working in a kitchen who's being paid minimum wage, he might accidentally spit in your burger. I mean, that's a risk <laughs> you're going to have to take. That was a very weird analogy to pick, but <laughs> I do agree that could happen with other things. Right? It could happen. Like, remember, remember the uh, the lady who found a a finger in her uh, Wendy's chili. Uh, what was it? Her chicken? Her Wendy's chili? Yes, I do. Even though it turned out out to be like her ex-wife's finger or, so, or her ex-husband's finger or something. Uh, so I guarantee if there's, any, if there's any food problems that happen through Wonka Vision, I, I guarantee you that six out of ten are going to be fraud. <laughs> that's, that, leaves, that still leaves four out of ten that would be legitimate. Well, four out of ten, uh, I'd say three out of ten would just be food allergies that people would, you know, see a Snickers forgetting that they have a nut allergy and they would just eat it and then they would get... Uh, you know, sick through that or possibly die. There'd also but, be a um, contribution to the obesity the, epidemic. The one... Yeah, you're right also. That's and true. I'm pretty sure you're just that. trying to suppress the cancer research that your invention causes cancer, but hey, you we'll... are You are claiming that off of no basis of reality. Uh, the basis is... Whatsoever. We it's, see it in the movie. It's they, weird. They move... It's like genetically modified. So, so weird things... So weird things cause cancer. Have you seen the chicken nuggets at McDonald's and you're complaining? Yeah, they cause cancer about also. sending a, a candy bar through cyberspace. Yes, they do. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. No, no. Yeah, that's They're not true. Modified. Please. I don't want you to get sued by McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. As far as I know, chicken nuggets do not cause cancer. Uh, Well, maybe not chicken nuggets, but chicken McNuggets. The jury's out on that one. We have no idea. But so, I mean, just, just I think because, both just of you our... zap something doesn't mean it can lead to cancer. I mean, it, you're basically turning it into radiation, right? I mean, it, you're turning it into like, and you're beaming it across space. It's some yeah, form you have of radiation going around you all day. Your cell phone has radiation waves, microwave. Cancer. Uh, all right. So all those things cause cancer. Everything causes cancer. Exactly. <laughs> you can't you can't run from it. I'm uh, sure you might as well just embrace it. I'm sure flubber causes cancer. All those. Uh, oh, probably. Don't eat flubber. Definitely don't eat flubber. No, absolutely not. So I think we both have some potentially dangerous inventions. Yeah. And they just need to. We just need to work through those those little uh, those kinks, you know, those little growing pains. And work with the sharks in order to use that fine, sweet cash in order to perfect our inventions. That way. We're able to reap in the benefits. You know what? Let's just cut out those sharks, Steve. We don't need them. We can send Flubber through WonkaVision to people. We'll wow. be rich. Are you trying to do another thing where we try to <laughs> meet in the middle again? No, I'm sorry. Two weeks I in just, a row. I just, I just feel like we worked really hard on these fake companies, and I don't want to immediately sell out you know, all my, all my stocks. I have, I'm fair. passionate about Flubber. And I don't want some big business guy just you know, gutting my, Flubber just to make a quick buck, you know? So you're okay sending Flubber out to millions of people in the world? That's what Flubber was made for, Steve. Through through uh, Wonka Vision. Yep, that'll cause double cancer. I think this. I think this is the second week in a row where we've come to an agreement. <laughs> but luckily, we'll let the fans decide on that one. So uh, before we wrap up, did you have any uh, fun facts that I did not already state? In oh, the I have more than a fun fact. I have. Step-by-step instructions on how to make flubber. Oh, no way. Yeah. What you will need is one and a half cups of warm water, two cups of Elmer white glue, food coloring of your choice, green recommended for the movie version of flubber, but go crazy with it, whatever color you want. Then you'll need one and one-third cups of warm water. I know what you're thinking. You already told me I needed one and a half. You need both. Keep them separate. And three teaspoons of borax. Where do you get borax? Try your shopping, your closest shopping store. I'm not sure. It's like a cleaning product. Look near cleaning products. And then what you do is, in a container, take your one and a half cups of warm water, the glue, and the food coloring. Mix them all together. Then in a second container, the one and a third cups of warm water and the borax. Mix that all together. Then take the two containers, combine them, Mix that together, let it stand for a few minutes, and you got flubber. And that creates power and energy? Uh, well, here's how you and do it. And can make cars fly? 
Well, I mean, if you can imagine just putting it on something and it, and then it makes a bowling ball bounce forever, like that's like no loss of energy. That's that's a uh, infinite energy. You just have to figure out how to harness that into like some sort of that's... electricity generating device. Gotcha. Like maybe if you like coated kind of like the, the fans of a turbine with it, the turbines would just, right. you know, spin endlessly. Something like All that. All right. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Uh... I do have some other fun flubber facts. Go right ahead. Or flax, as I like to call them. Because flubber was made by combining flying and rubber, I have made flax by confining f- combining flubber and fax. Uh, according Ooh, to Will I Wheaton... I like what you did there. Oh, thanks, Steve. According to Will Wheaton, in scenes with Robin Williams, they would film a take how it was supposed to go, and then they would film a bunch of takes where Robin Williams would just improvise stuff, and uh-huh. they usually didn't make it into the film, but... According to him, there's enough scenes to just make an entirely different movie. <laughs> um, Robin Williams was always uh, the director's first choice, but during the like early stages of development for the movie, Robin Williams was in a dispute with Disney, so they weren't sure if he'd do it. So they had some other choices, including Christopher Lloyd, Jeff Goldblum, John Lithgow, Tim Allen, and Sir Patrick Stewart. I feel like Christopher Lloyd would have been too much of an homage to uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he plays crazy scientists pretty well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so the movie takes place in the fictional town of Medfeld. I'm sorry. Well, it's fictional in the movie, but it's based on a real town where Walt Disney liked to vacation, Medfield, Massachusetts. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And a little homage to the uh, the Big Mick himself. Uh, any other good facts? I think that's all my good facts for that one. Yeah, um, the one thing I found uh, that I just thought was funny on Urban Dictionary, if you type in WonkaVision. That's funny, I did. I meant, oh, I did defini- type it in. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, the definition is to be hopped up on acid, mushrooms, or any hallucinogens. Um... And using it in a sentence would be, Jimmy got Wonka vision after taking three tabs of acid on Friday night. He thought he was Alice in Wonderland until the wee hours of the morning. Steve, did you see the second definition on Urban Dictionary? Uh, let me scroll down right now. Uh, a type of t- teleportation device used primarily to tr- transmit chocolate bars. Stop posting all your meals on Facebook. I don't have Wonka vision. <laughs> <laughs> That's my argument right there. But there's a the thing. They're saying stop posting since I don't have Wonka Vision. So if you did have Wonka Vision, that would turn that stop posting into a positive saying, please continue posting because I'll have Wonka Vision and I'll be able to eat your food. I can't argue with that. Just a thought. Just a thought. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, so that was that was fun. little uh, who would win shark tank pitching two fictional inventions i was looking at some other movie inventions and uh some interesting ones that came up was like the lightsaber or the uh the proton packs from ghostbusters good ones um i was trying to think of ones that could be like somewhat applicable like that people would actually be able to buy um avatars from the movie avatar was one of the inventions wow that would Uh, be an interesting world one that i thought was really cool was um the dream machine from inception oh, like that would yeah. be like a really cool like like that'd be something i could see somebody pitching on shark tank but the sharks are just like but why would i buy this like it's cool don't get me wrong it's a, such a cool thing but you know what monetary value does it really hold besides the fact that you can just share dreams with people well that sounds awesome people would want to do that but also haven't they seen the movie inception you well can... it's true then you're then and you're uh, promoting corporate espionage. Yes. That is true. Uh, some other ones were Wally from Wally, Iron Man suit from Iron Man. Um, See, my first thought was uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Uh, go Wayne, Wayne Zielinski, he invented a bunch of things. This is true. Like, he, he had, like, you know, in the movie, like, the shrink ray, but I think he also had a bunch of, like, little inventions around his house. I don't remember any, but I think he had little yeah. stuff. Well, he was like a big, he was like a big, yeah, he was a big inventor. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I was thinking of was, um, 
I forget what it's called, but it's from the video games um, Assassin's Creed. I, I think it's called like the Animus or something. Oh, that sounds right. That sounds similar. It's something like that. It's something like that. Yeah. And um, like that'd be like a really cool, like in itself, like a video game machine where you can just like hook up your your mind to this and kind of like play as an ancestor in a, in a certain time frame. And like that would be cool if you were trying to pitch it to like Sony or Microsoft or possibly even Nintendo. Like that sounds like something Nintendo would do for like their next system where you just hook up your brain and you're able to play as like an ancestor. <laughs> yeah, that definitely sounds like Nintendo. No, that's yeah. actually similar to the plot of the movie Total Recall. Um, the original has Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like basically like in the future, people take vacations by going on virtual reality vacations. But like was it virtual right. or was it real? You'll have to watch the movie to find out. I don't actually think there you find go. out. It's a good little tease. It's a great movie. It's open. To, it's open to interpretation. Yeah, it might not have been. Now that I think about it, but anyway, either way, <laughs> either way, it is. So, um, yeah. So there we go for uh, who would win. Uh, I forget what the Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Thank you. It's been. It's it's. It's pretty it's late. late. It's really late. It's pretty late. We're recording this pretty late on uh, on on Friday night. But um. So please remember there will be a Twitter poll where you can go online and you can vote on who you think would win an episode of Shark Tank pitching between Willy Wonka's WonkaVision and Philip Brainerd's Flubber. Let us know uh, what you think of the pitches, if you would change something up, uh, if you would change, if you would even offer to bid on it. I mean, go for yeah, it. Tell you us what you think it's of, worth. Those companies. What would you what Yeah, would you how much know? do you think Flubber yeah, and like, what's it's like a good percentage you think we would have to give up in order to get a good also, investment? Also, if one you of the have a better usage of our inventions than we thought of, let us know. Maybe yes. we, maybe we overlook something amazing, or if there's a better invention that you think we could have used, like let maybe us know using well. Flubber as a laxative is actually the 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 perfect <laughs> use of it. <laughs> hey, or we could use it as a. Uh, you know, sending laxatives through WonkaVision and helping people out that way, too. Yeah, that you you don't want to have to go shopping when you're constipated. No, no. You could just it's do that while you're at home. Yep. You can do it from Absolutely. the comfort of your own home. Perfect. That That's the slogan of both of our inventions. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Look, you need me more than I need you, all right? Flubber no, is only the only thing keeping WonkaVision alive right now. I think you need me more than I need you. I can. I, I, I'm giving you free advertisement. Flubber sells itself. You know, we'll just let the votes decide, I Steve. Mean, You're, we'll see. I, I would say. I I would say. Last thing I'll say is I think the animated Flubber, the the sentient Flubber, is really the the main guy there, not just the plain green, just sitting there Flubber. But I only have one of those, so I can't really sell it. He could be your mascot. He's Definitely. like the Geico Gecko. Yeah, we have the perfect mascot. I don't have a mascot for mine. Uh, Willy Wonka? No, I don't know. I, I don't like companies that rely on like the founder as like their mascot, like Papa John's. I don't oh. like that. Uh, that. Then how about that cowboy kid? I want you to come. I want you. Mike TV? I don't know. He wouldn't be a good testimonial because he just claimed that he got shrunk and he's now a little kid and they had to stretch him out using the taffy maker and now he looks like a freak. Yeah, he didn't seem to mind at all that he shrunk that much. No, he was like, totally no okay concern with it. whatsoever. And then the mom just took him and put it in her purse. She, she was mildly concerned. Yeah, but but in the in the Tim Burton one, they show him walking out of the the factory and he's all stretched out and he's super super thin. <laughs> so I guess I mean that would kind of freak people out. They said, hey, I, I, I'm a product of OncaVision. And people see that, they'd be terrified to click on the ad when it comes up. They'd be like, that guy definitely has cancer. <laughs> that guy definitely has cancer. That's a, That could also be a slogan for yours as well. <laughs> no. <laughs> Only if you eat it. All right. We can, we can agree that that could be the slogan for Mc, Mc, McNuggets. Whoa, no, Steve, be careful. We don't want to <laughs> get go. sued. Take that, McDonald's. You're going, you're going down. <laughs> Oh boy. All right, everybody. So please, as always, remember to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi. My name is Mark Sullivan, and I'm an inventor with over 1,000 inventions.
And the technology I'm offering you today is the Sullivan Generator. For only $1 million, I am offering 10% of my generator. This is an electric generator which harnesses the spin of the earth. It works by taking in salt water, it processes the water, and leaves behind the mineral precipitates. The water vapor is then delivered to a vortex chamber where the Coriolis effect spins this into a hurricane which drives the turbines which makes electricity. The waste products are the mineral precipitates, manganese, and gold. What? The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.